It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Already here with you, joined as always by Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. A lot to get to here today. This is going to be a fun show. Uh, we got to take a look at Michigan basketball, who just suffered their first loss of the season. So we're going to get into that. But don't worry, Michigan fans. I promise the team is going to be okay. We're going to have some fun. We got uh, we've got a top five list coming for you a little bit later in the show as well. Our our favorite video games uh, from our childhood. So we're we're going to give you a theme. Kind of moving forward on a on a bunch of shows moving along, but now I got to bring in my co-host Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. Anthony, what's going on, man? How you doing? Not much. Uh, I'm I'm doing well. Uh, it's to the point now, weather wise, where we got blasted by snow over the weekend. Uh, went outside this morning. It was negative four, and it like if people, I mean, people that are listening to this are either from Michigan or from the Midwest or have experience up here. That's the type of cold where, like, you go outside and it hurts to breathe. Like, you literally, like, you're gasping for air because it hurts to breathe. Um, if I didn't have a dog that had to be let outside uh, to relieve herself, I probably would have not left the house today. So, um, yeah, it's cold. It's here. Uh, Arctic Blast 2019 is upon us. But uh, looks like it's going to warm up a little bit later this week. But it was, I mean, honestly... My my favorite as as my favorite like part of that though real lazy. quick is that like you guys down down you guys are downstate full disclosure so it's it's kind of funny for me to listen you're like oh we finally got snow and I'm up here we got I I mean I was in hunting season walking through like two feet of snow up here in the UP you know 
Yeah, I mean, but there's like there's <laughs> like seven hours of road and a couple of bodies of water that like separate us to, to the north. So I you're you're basically you're basically Canadian. You live a hell of a lot closer to Canada than I do. Um, <laughs> you know, that's a very good point. Um, that's, you know, that's every time that they play Don't Stop Believing, like a Red Wings game, and they, you know, they turn the music down so everyone can <laughs> yell out, South Detroit! There's no such thing as South Detroit. Right. Uh, South Detroit is Windsor. Uh, interesting trivia question, too. Um, anytime you want to stump someone, what's the first country that's south of the United States? It's technically Canada. It's not Mexico. I like that one. So that's a little bar trivia. You could probably win some money one. on that one. You could for sure. Uh, as far as the weekend goes, though, I mean, be hard if, if you're a twenty-something that doesn't really have any plans, and, and the weather kind of forces you to stay home. What a weekend for it to be that though. Like Saturday, obviously Michigan basketball, but other than that, like I like cooked and and baked and made stuff all day. I watched a ton of movies, uh, a few that I hadn't seen before. And, and then obviously yesterday or, or Sunday, uh, as we record this Monday night, was honestly hot take. Championship Sunday is in a lot of ways better than Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, and, and Championship Sunday this year absolutely 100% lived up to the hype. So it was it was a good weekend. A uh, little bit of a tough weekend uh, to talk Michigan. We'll get into that here. But uh, overall, like zero complaints about what occurred the la- since last we spoke. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm I'm with you. I I had a feeling we were we were gonna get two really good games yesterday. Um, which I mean is not something that's happened in the past. But um, yeah, yesterday as far as the NFL goes, two spectacular games. Uh, two especially one mostly a really controversial uh ending, but uh, it sets up what what should be just an electric Super Bowl. And, and I'll talk a little bit about this in a bit, but, you know, people love ripping the Patriots and hating on the Patriots. It's it's a national pastime at this point. But one thing, even, even the people that hate them, absolutely hate them the most. One thing that they have to admit, every time they play in a Super Bowl, I, it is a damn good game. I, I, and I'm talking in the Brady era. I'm not talking Super Bowl 20 when they got blasted by by the bears i'm talking since the uh what uh i'm trying to think of which super bowl it was i believe 36 uh yes i'm right here uh it 36 the rams uh now once again 17 years later um we're getting another rematch uh or not i can't even call it a rematch because it's different (laughs) that's how much the patriots have been around for a long time that's how good they've been that the rams have moved to a different part of the country and made a Super Bowl, and the Patriots just keep chugging along. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to that, and we'll talk in a, in a little bit about uh, these championship games. I'm sure you guys I, got opinions on those, as do I. Yeah, the thing about championships, like nine Super Bowls now that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have been to, and, and the hilarious thing about that is every every time Tom Brady goes to a Super Bowl, Michigan Michigan Twitter like they cradles him like. Like he's their, their everything, which they absolutely should. Like the the greatest, arguably you can arguably say the greatest, most dominant athlete of all time belongs to your university. But it still cracks me up that like he was booed off the field 
on a few occasions at Michigan and people didn't really, weren't really that high on him. Um, it's a lot like, you know, what we've seen with quarterbacks in the past where the backup quarterback at Michigan is always, you know, the next most popular guy, but it is kind of funny that like, I don't know who would have ever thought like you go back 17, yeah. 18 years who like nine Super Bowls, like the Patriot, like, this is what's fascinating to me about the Patriots and what what's gone on with them. Um, obviously, seventeen years apart between playing the Rams in the Super Bowl, kind of when this all began, like that's impressive in its own right. But like, there are teams in the NFL that haven't won a playoff game, a single playoff game, since nineteen ninety one. One of them resides very close to all of us in, with the Detroit Lions. Uh, Thank God, Luke, you're a Cowboys fan. Uh, but you've got the Lions that haven't won since 91. The Bengals, I don't think, have won a playoff game since 1991. Patriots haven't won a playoff game in, like, 20 hours. Those other teams, it's yeah. been, like, 20, it's 20, 28 years. <laughs> That's insane. It's a... Yeah, yeah no, it, I mean, it, it's been... Yeah, I'm with you. A, almost a surreal run, right? Like, I, I, I personally think I think it's arguable like like you mentioned Anthony I I, th- I personally think the most dominant athlete of all time belongs to uh Stanford but uh Tom Brady yeah comes in a in a very very close second it's just been remarkable to watch and I I, I get it wait is that a that's that's Katie uh, I was right? actually thinking Tiger Woods but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh Katie Ledecky went to so they, went to she's in a, she's going she might go down as the most dominant athlete i mean because that that girl she doesn't only win races she obliterates everyone in every single race that she swims or race relay i'm sorry i don't want to disrespect like <laughs> i remember community. that um i like that, how uh, I think, the, the, god i like how it was tiger right. woods I go but to it's true though, like the I'm the last summer guy. olympics i remember like the world record she was like three body lengths in front of the world record at that time i was like what am i watching is this real Yeah, that's swimming. Like, I, I like, I like the rest of the world pretty much only ever watches swimming when it's on, like during the Olympics. But like, that's among the most impressive thing I've ever seen is the way that and, and yes, Katie Ledecky um, did does go to Stanford, so she's only twenty one. In, absolutely insane. I do have a question I wanted to pose for you guys. Uh, it would. I know we're talking about uh, Brady and the Patriots and everything, but going to that Saints-Rams game. So, say next year, Michigan-Ohio State at the big house. Michigan's got the ball, tie game, under two minutes to go, inside their 20, and uh, that exact same scenario happens where a pass interference of that blatant doesn't get called. Michigan kicks a field goal. Ohio State ties it. They go to overtime, and Ohio State wins. Like, th- what happens with the Michigan fan base if, if that were to happen? I, I mean, are, is there like a, a civil war that started? Are are people trying to burn things down? Like, what happens in that scenario? Because nothing good could happen. I kind of feel like there have been stories before about like soccer refs down in Brazil or, or down in South America where like <laughs> a ref has gotten a call wrong and they've fans have like rushed the field and like literally severed the man's head, like on the field, like during the game. Uh, 
I don't know if it would quite be like to that extreme, but somebody would be injured slash something thrown at them. Like there's no, like to have that, first of all, if that, if that, that penalty was, or that non-call was any more egregious, I would have thought it would have happened to the Detroit Lions. Cause that's like, that's the only thing I thought when I saw that play is like, I feel like I just watched this happen to the Lions in the NFC Championship game. Like, that's how bad it was. Uh, and, of course, the thing that always cracks me up is that they go, oh, well, the NFL admitted after the game that it was a missed call. It's like, what? <laughs> Great. Thank you. Thank you for admitting that because we, we all needed to hear that. That's just like uh, salt <laughs> in the wound and all that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, the thing that gets me about, about plays like that is I know people always bang the drum for, like, uh, we got to keep the human error in the sport and, and things like that. You hear it in baseball. You, uh, hear it you don't, in don't every have sport, to keep like, it in there. Here's the thing. Like, if you have the technology to get something right, get it the fuck right. Please, for the love of God. Like, it's not. That's that can't. That's not OK. People need to lose their jobs over that. Like, honestly, like they're. I think there was a ref in the NFL earlier this year that lost his job because he called like a, a, a offside. He missed a false start like with the Chargers. He missed a false start. That dude lost his job. These guys, because there's another angle where two refs missed that call. Two of the officials on the field missed that call. They they should never ref in sports ever again. Like they should just like well, not, not. I, I do don't that. think they can. Like that's. I don't think them. they can. Uh, officiate the NFL anymore. I, I think the uh, NFL has to, to part ways. Well, because... and, and Bill Winovich can never ref a game at the Super Bowl. Oh, God. Game. Not for his safety, for his health. I mean, Chris, what would, <laughs> if that scenario happened with Michigan, Ohio State, like, what would your post game video, like, what would your recap reaction video look like? Oh. Well, the thing, one thing about me that I, like I'm very anti blame the refs when it comes to stuff like big time. I, I, I never like to be that guy. I try to, if my team loses, I try to own it and say they didn't make enough plays to win. And I still say, and this will piss people off. Would the saints probably have won that game? If that inter interference gets called. Yeah, probably. They also look. The Saints played in both of their games uh, in this, the playoffs pretty unimpressively, and in overtime, they looked lost. Breeze was under pressure. He threw a pick, and they gave up a, a fifty-seven yard field goal. And so I, I'm not. If it were to happen, uh, I would be more devastated than angry, just because it would feel. It would just feel like one of those. I mean, we really can't catch a break type of things <laughs> where I, because I, uh, everyone knows it was the wrong call. Everyone saw it. Uh, it was, it was horrible. And, it, and it's funny. I tweeted out afterwards. I'm like, uh, man, if if you're a Saints fan, I'm sorry because that is about as brutal a loss as you can get. And then somebody tweeted back at me and said, yeah, except for last year. <laughs> and I completely forgot. Uh, with uh, Case Keenum and and Stephon Diggs, what happened there? So I mean, it, it um, they've they've had some it, for a franchise that's had a lot of success. They've had some brutal defeats, and yesterday was no exception. But if it were to happen to Michigan, yeah, I mean, it would suck. Of course, it'd be the worst thing ever. <laughs> when, I feel like uh, Luke hey, asked like what the post game video would look like yeah, for me. I feel like it would just be 
you'd probably just yell like a four letter word super loud <laughs> and then just like down an entire gallon of Clorox. Yeah. Feel, yeah. I mean that usually that's what I do before I make my post game, <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah. That's, and you know what though? Like, I don't want to say it's karma for the saints, but considering like 10 years ago, they played the NFC title game against Minnesota and ba- basically all but ended Brett Favre's career and like got away with a lot. And that game went to the Super Bowl. Like, not that that is, it, it's just funny to me. That's all. Um, yeah. What a God you to lose. Like they did the Vikings last year in the playoffs, then to lose that way. And mind you, I don't like, you can say that refs had an outcome of, of a game and, and it doesn't necessarily mean that the refs are the reason you lost the game because that game still went to overtime. Right. Drew Brees threw an interception. Uh, you had the ball. All you had to do was score a touchdown. Um, and it, it sucks to lose on a, a 57-yard field goal. But, like, yeah, bad calls can have a butterfly effect on the rest of the game. Absolutely. But at the same time, you want to talk about butterfly effects and things like that. What happens if they, you know, put the ball in the end zone in the first quarter? That's, like, that's not even a game. Like, they should have been up 21 nothing. I was thinking that, too. It, it reminded me a little bit of uh, the NFC Championship game four years ago, the Seahawks and uh, Packers, where everyone after the game was piling mm-hmm. on. I think it was Brandon Bostick was his name, the guy who completely muffed uh, the it, the onside kick. Uh, and I, I just remember thinking, in the first quarter, the Packers should have been up 14, 17, 21, nothing. I, I, I remember they had the ball first and goal on back-to-back possessions and got field goals out of it. I kind of felt, even when the Saints were dominating that game, I kind of remember thinking, like, if the Rams are going to win this game, this is going to be what we look back on, the fact that it was 13 nothing when, based on how the Rams had played, I mean, what was it at, after the end of the first quarter, like 125 yards to five? I mean, they, they got a, as badly beaten down in that first quarter as, as a team can get without having the game be essentially over. Um, but you know, credit to the Rams. I don't know. That's, they seem to, they're a well-oiled machine at this point. And, uh, Sean McVay does a really good job there. Obviously you can tell by the fact that every, every single coaching hire now is people saying, Oh, can we get a, we need a Sean McVay type, which I, I don't think people know exactly what let's that hire means. A young, I think they just mean, let's male. just hire a guy who's really young. Like I, Exactly. Without actually taking into account the fact that, that maybe Sean McVay game, is Sean just said, a genius. Uh, we like that the uh, certainly he said something along the lines of "We're not going to complain about the call. We certainly like that the refs like let the boys play today." I'm like, jeez, like he is McVay. They were they were rubbing yeah, the salt exactly. in the wound pretty McVay. bad after the game. Gurley posted that picture of him switching the jerseys with oh, the yeah. with the ref. Ram, the photo Rambot is there. is self aware. That's for sure. Like. Um. <laughs> and okay, oh, this is one more thing about the NFC Championship game, and, and and maybe I'm a fool here for for even mentioning this, but I think after the Rams kicked that field goal to tie it. Uh, there were eight seconds left. The Saints had the ball on about the thirty. Now Sean Payton is known for having some pretty big balls, right? I mean, look no further. Uh, Super Bowl Forty Eight, the onside kick, uh, or not? I'm sorry, Forty Four, the onside kick. Uh, to open the second half against Colts, 
uh, even you go back the week before going for it on fourth and goal uh, when they were down 14 nothing against the Eagles. Were you? I was a bit surprised that a Saints offense would take a knee there. Because I, I think they had one timeout. You can get one, because they're going to give you essentially 15 yards because they're going to be playing so deep. You get one throw down the middle of the field, get to the 50, and see if you can make one heave to the end zone. I, I know it's it seems implausible, but I'm just saying. I feel, I was for for a I think both coaches yesterday, uh, McVeigh included, had some questionable well, yeah, conservative mean, play call in the uh, second well, half. The Rams especially. had kicked the field goal before the drive where the non-call on the pass interference happened. Everyone was like, everyone on Twitter was freaking out, like, how? Why can't you go for that? Why? Like, what? What's Sean McVay thinking? You got to go for that. It's like, well, the thing of it is, like, you have to. You have to Dr. Strange this and look at all like the possible futures. Like if you don't convert that and the Saints drive down the field and, and score six, like the game is over. Like you take the point. They didn't need to they didn't need to score though. That, that's the point that I made on Twitter is that your opponent isn't the Saints scoring in that scenario like it is at any other time in the game. The Saints needed like four first downs and they had to run right. out the clock on you. Like you're you weren't worried about the Saints going down and scoring on you. You were just worried about them running out yeah. the clock. Well, maybe I'm just a conservative ass pansy when it comes to that. But I I, I did not mind them taking the points there. Uh, <laughs> no, that's that's what I'm saying. No, that's exactly yeah. what I'm saying though. Like that's why you take the points there because otherwise, if, if you're not worried, well, okay. I, or, think, I mean, I in saying, any other right? point in the game, you go for it because you give it to the Saints and they need 90, 90 yards to go score on you. But you're giving them a full field just to get first downs or run out the clock if if you don't get that. So I, I was a hundred percent on board yeah. with taking the um, points there. I think it's just this Twitter just loves to they just love those big like momentum swinging moments, and and I get that a nineteen yard field goal is not that. Um, you know, you want, everyone wants to either praise the, the balls on him to go for it on fourth and one, or they're going to make fun of the play call when they don't get it on fourth and one. So, um, I don't know from a, this is not like week four where you're just, you're, you're messing around and seeing what works and, um, trying to steal points here. And they're like, you're playing a playoff game. And if you have to play for overtime, you play for overtime because they're going to play until someone wins. So, um, I didn't necessarily have a problem with that. Um, honestly, at the end of the day, maybe kind of put a bow on the whole like championship Sunday stuff. Like I, I did not have an issue with any of the possible matchups we could have gotten out of all that. I'll say that Rams Patriots, if I had to rank the four possible matchups coming out of Sunday, I think that was probably maybe my least exciting one. Um, Cause I would have loved, I would have loved the breeze versus Brady angle. Obviously, we all would have loved to see Rams Chiefs again. That would have been amazing. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. The Patriots are there again. Uh, I, I told someone this earlier today. I feel like everyone's like tries to crack the code of what the Patriots do. And to me, it's as simple as this. Uh, well, first of all, you have the greatest quarterback of all time and the greatest coach of all time. Like, that helps. That helps. Step one. But the thing about it, too, is that it's they're not really even <laughs> – doing anything yeah. all that complicated. Like what they do is when, when an opponent that they play zigs, they zag when they, they, every, they, they're so multiple. They're so capable of doing so many things offensively. Uh, they can take your best players away from you defensively. 
um, you know, if you want to get into a shootout with them, yeah, they could throw the ball 50 or 60 times a game. It, but as we've seen, they're also able to run the hell out of the football as well. They whereas you see so many hard-headed coaches and, um, you know, we'll just say close to home here at, at the college level. And we've seen it uh, in the pro level that are like, Oh, we're, we're a physical ground and pound football team. We're going to kill you four yards at a time and yada, yada. And they're so hard headed because f- football, football guys are stubborn as hell. They, there's a lot of hubris there. The Patriots just do whatever it takes to win. Like they're going to, they're going to do whatever a game plan calls to do. And that's why you see, you know, think of a couple of years ago, Jonas Gray, a dude goes off in a game, fumbles once, is late for a meeting. You never see him again. Well, no big deal. Next man up. Um, and I think the other thing is number two, yeah. well, number three in all this is that the Patriot, if you poop your pants against the Patriots, they will make you pay. Like you can't like that. We're having a totally different conversation today. If D four doesn't jump off sides, like the game's over. It's like the mental mistakes, like, Teams just pucker up so yep. much. And it's not even necessarily a turnover. It's, you know, the jumping off sides. It's the, you know, I think on that last drive, the Brady's had or the Brady's. That's basically what it is. The New England Brady's. Um, the Patriots were third and 10 three times. And I think that they had a completion of like 25 yards, a completion of 10 yards and a completion of 12 yards or something like that. It's like every time that you could possibly make a play, they someone doesn't. And they, they pounce all over that. And it's, it's why they are where they are. And, you know, I don't know. Cause eventually this, this cannot last forever. It may last another five years, but it's not going to last forever. Who's going to be that, that next guy who, you know, is kind of the, the genius in the NFL, so to speak. I think that Sean McVay has a chance to be that guy. So to see him and, and Belichick in a chess match and, and with both teams having two weeks to prepare, um, I'm very, I'm very interested in seeing how this all turns out. I, I'm where we stand today. I'm taking the Patriots because how do you bet against them at this point? Um, but I think that's going to be a kick-ass mm, Super Bowl. Like I'm, I'm totally here for it. Well, we got uh, one Michigan Wolverine in the title game here with Tom Brady headed to the Super Bowl, hoping for another Michigan team in another championship game this year, hoping uh, Michigan's going to be playing in that last game in April as we transition to college basketball a little bit. But the Wolverines, they they got a little bit uh, of a wake-up on Saturday. Suffered their first loss of the season, 64-54, in a much closer game than that score indicates at the hand of Wisconsin in the Kohl Center. And I don't know what it is about the Kohl Center, but, man, how, why is it so hard to go into the Kohl Center and win? Why? Well, I mean, for the longest time, well, maybe not the longest time, but for, for a time, it was just because Wisconsin was really good. I mean, that was for, for a while that was, that had more to do with it than anything. And this Wisconsin team, look, kudos to them, props to them, yada, yada. They won the game. They deserve to win the game. Wisconsin's not that good. Wisconsin has one great college player in, in Ethan Happ, and he is spectacular. Uh, Besides that, it's, you know, it's typical Wisconsin team. It's kind of weird because it seemed like for you, because for the longest time, Wisconsin was that that boring team, first one to 60 wins. And then all of a sudden, like late in Bo Ryan's tenure there, they had some really good athletes and they, they changed a little bit. They started scoring points. Yeah, they still were a good defensive team. They would still on occasion, you know, uh, 
let the shot clock run down every possession, but they 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 seem to be uh, blossoming a little bit offensively. Now that Greg guards there, they're just back to what they used to be. Uh, and you know, I I guess it's working. I don't know. They're twelve and seven. It worked on Saturday, and uh, it's it, the troubles at Cole Center continue for Michigan. And uh, I I can't say that this is a loss that. Uh, especially the way they lost is not shocking to me. Um, I brought up last week how I worry about this team not having um, that go-to player, not having uh, the one guy when you're when the other team is on a run that you can give the ball to, and he can go out and make a play. You know the the way that Burke did, the way that Stauskas did, and Walton did, and Wagner did. I think that guy should be Jordan Poole on this team. I think the offense in certain situations, when you need a bucket, should go through Jordan Poole. Strangely, the last couple games, the the people that the offense has gone through have been Teske and and Simpson, who and really good players, love them both, not natural scorers. That's not what they're on the team to be. Is a, They're not, you know, me, put on the roster to be guys who are going to go out and win games by scoring 20 points. Um, I think uh, there were no problems defensively. If there was one silver lining, and I said this after the game, there was the issues that uh, were there for Michigan on Saturday weren't issues that were all this had all of a sudden uh, come out of nowhere. Um, The defense was still fine, uh, but offensively they have the tendency to go for stretches where, they aren't scoring, and that's what happened on Saturday. And they couldn't match Ethan Happ. They couldn't match Wisconsin, and it led to their first loss of the year. Yeah, I mean, I look at I, – I said – I've been saying the last few weeks that this was a team that wasn't – I mean, the odds for any basketball team uh, to go undefeated are pretty pretty stacked against you. It, like, it's just not – it's not going to happen. I think the teams, the athletes are, are too good to um, – You've got enough talent spread out to enough teams around the country. It's not like it used to be, but the things that I saw on Saturday, uh, I'm, I'm I'm not, I'm not even close to pressing the panic button or anything like that. Cause like you said, I, I think what I said is that when, when they lose, because I felt like they would at some point, and I had actually kind of circled that game as at Wisconsin as a, a big possibility. I wanted to see what it would look like. And and what I saw on Saturday was, like you said, I didn't see any issues with the defense. I mean, you only give up 64 points. That's you win. You win that game. That Michigan team is going to win that type of game way often, way more often than they lose it. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, now, the concerning thing to me would be, like you said, and I think some of these concerns that you raised in the last few weeks, Chris, were were completely valid and and maybe poo-pooed a little bit more than they should have been because they were undefeated, but you're right. They don't have that, that guy. And I think this is where, you know, okay, you've lost a game now. That's fine. It is what it is. Um, this I'm only interested in really seeing what comes next with them. They, they're going to play uh, Minnesota at home on Tuesday night. Uh, I would imagine uh, that that will be a win for them, uh, but I want to see how they look. Are they going to be fired up? Are they going to be a little unsure of themselves? Like, would I be surprised to see them go a little bit of a stretch where they have to refine themselves here and maybe lose a few more games here and there? No, that wouldn't shock me at all. We see it happen with, um, you know, it's happened plenty of times before. Like I said, I'm not really going to be concerned with them until 
things start to snowball and you see trends, you see runs, you know, basketball is a game of trends and runs. Um, but when I look at Saturday's game, a lot of the problems that they had are things that I just don't see happening all that often. Like how, how often is Michigan going to play a game where Charles Matthews only has five points. Iggy Brazdakis doesn't score at all. Jordan Poole was terrible in the second half. Like those things just aren't the chances of them happening all at once. I, I just don't, I, I feel like I'm pretty confident still that that's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, like you said, uh, Jordan Poole is, I think that as we get into the stretch run here, I, I think we're going to see that he's going to start becoming the guy more and more. Um, you know, it's, it's, they're not, I, I think they're still trying to find themselves in that regard. They're, they're a fantastic team. They're a great team. And like I said before, I think what makes them so dangerous is that on any given night, any of those guys that we've mentioned can go off and, and really put the team on the back. But um, yeah, after, after one good game to see uh, the offense run through Teske and Simpson, not really a big fan of that. Not really all that concerned about it. Um, You know, you gotta, I I think when guys are hot, you kind of have to just let them keep going and see what happens. Um, at the end of the day, like this might be under under blowing it or, or pushing it to the side, whatever you want to call it. I'm not all concerned about what we saw on Saturday, just because I, I think that Wisconsin needed that one a lot more, uh, and that's that's not a valid excuse to drop a game. It's not, you know, certainly not calling into question the effort level because that, like Luke, when you said in introing the segment here, that game was certainly a lot closer than the final score would indicate. It kind of snowballed a little bit at the end. Um, like I said, I, I'm not, I'm not worried about them. Um, now if they come out and kind of put a stinker, another stinker together, two stinkers in a row, uh, yeah, I'll kind of start to be like, okay, that's not, that's not ideal. But when you look at, we look at where they stand and the problems they had, I just feel like a lot of, and they turn over the, the ball a lot on Saturday too, uh, more than they usually do. Um, I don't know. I just feel like all of those things that, came up as problems are not things that are going to really happen at the same time. And that they did all, not that they completely got it out of their system, but that it did all happen in, in one game, I guess proves that it can happen in one game, but I just don't see that being something that rears its ugly head all that much. Well, here, here's my thing about watching this game too, is that uh, in Michigan, I, I think we can agree this was this was absolutely their worst game of the season. You know, you mentioned Iggy not scoring, Charles Matthews with only five, but they shot less than thirty percent from three. They shot less than fifty percent from the free throw line. You know, they they shot forty percent from the field. Like they were just ultimately bad offensively, and yet they were down three with under a minute to go. You know, and Wisconsin had the ball. Then the intentional foul happens. Things snowballed, as you said, Anthony. But, you know, things snowballed. You lose by 10. But but Michigan played awful. They were down three with under a minute to go. You know, we haven't really seen the offense truly clicking, you know, for an entire game like it did against North Carolina, like it kind of did against Villanova as well and some other games in there, even, you know, what they did against Indiana or Purdue for that matter. But uh, we haven't seen that in quite a while. And the the only thing that really concerns me, because I don't think they'll put up those splits in any games moving forward, maybe one here and there, but I don't think it's going to be a lasting trend. One of the things that concerns me is that you take a look at the box score, Michigan's only going seven deep. 
You know, I, Isaiah Lever, Livers got 28, 28 minutes off the bench, but then yeah. he had Austin Davis with only eight minutes off the bench, and Eli Brooks with six minutes off the bench. That's it. Like, you're putting a lot on your starting five to do that. You, you know, uh, no Brandon Johns, you know, getting some time that a lot of people, you know, are looking for. I think Michigan needs to be deeper than just going seven deep, especially in a long, grueling season, a 20-game conference schedule. That is kind of the only thing that concerns me because you can burn out your guys in a long season like this, going just yeah, seven and- deep and really only a six-man logging significant minutes. Yeah, and here's the thing with that, too, is that, yes, that – Rolling with seven guys is is not is not ideal because I think we know that there's there's some definitely some more potential on that bench. The thing of it is, like I, I don't think it's the coaching staff being stubborn uh, by any stretch or, or anything like that. No, it's just a make for the team. Like that's it. Yeah. Well, the thing of it too is that like so Brandon Johns a couple weeks ago comes you know has a huge game against uh, Indiana, right? It was the Indiana game. Uh, he comes in, has 10 points, yeah. plays his ass off. But then Beeline says after the game, it's like, we're just, you know, we're waiting to, we want to see that in practice. Like these guys have got to, and this is like, this is not like media dude or blogger trying to give a pep talk to the team. But like, if you, if these guys want to play, they've got to, they've got to bring it in practice. And when you have so many freshmen, like they do, there's going to be growing pains and things like that. So, um, I feel like maybe that's a wake up call for those guys. Uh, you know, maybe they do need to get more opportunities, but if you're not, if you're not really making things happen in practice, the coaching staff can't really be confident in you to do it in a game, I guess, but some guys are better practice or better game players than they are practice players. Um, I don't, I'm not accusing anyone on the team of that, but uh, at some point someone you know, Brandon Johns is going to deserve another look because the last time we saw him in extended action, he looked pretty goddamn good. So, um, I, it's, yeah. I guess earning those opportunities because I honestly, like, if you're going to get hurt by the few minutes here and there that Austin Davis gives you, which I think he played fairly well on Saturday. I'm yeah, not I, I don't think they game. got hurt against Wisconsin really with him. In no, I, I don't think minutes, you know, right. But I'm saying, like, if you, you know, if you let's just say that he comes in and is a bit like there's a drop off there, absolutely. But oh, if no I'm question. gonna no question if I'm if I'm gonna get hurt by Teske being on the bench, I think I'd lean to having my freshman kind of have those opportunities. And if you're gonna get hurt by it, I'd rather a kid get hurt that can learn from it. But at the same time, you can't just you can't just coach like that. Like you guys, you have to have your guys that perform in practice are the guys that need to play because there's that they. They see, contrary to popular belief, they see their team a lot more than we do. So mm-hmm. they know a lot more about what the makeup of their team is. Uh, but again, I think these are yeah. minor nitpicks right now. Uh, I think at some point you will see a freshman or two be unleashed a little bit. I don't see them going more than eight, maybe eight deep on any given night. But 
Um, need they need something? They need a little bit more well, from that bench. I, I also think that it's it's not even necessarily who's all coming off the bench or how many guys are coming off the bench, but I I think if, if Austin Davis is going to be the guy, he's got to be able to log you more than eight minutes. You know, you, you probably don't want Teske out there thirty two minutes a game, or else you're going small if you've got Austin Davis and Teske off the bench. You're giving up some defense. You're giving up some rebounding. You've got Eli Brooks. He only logged six minutes. You know, he hasn't been really great. He came in. And he turned the ball over, he traveled and whatnot. So guard depth is a little bit of a concern. But to your guys' point, you know, you talked about uh, the guys that they're missing and maybe the guy you can just give the ball to to go get you a basket. What I think is more pressing is not just that, but the guy who not necessarily created for himself, but the but a guy who always got you a big bucket and, and as a secondary guy, as someone who, you know, the defense wasn't keyed on, like last year when Michigan, you, you know, when Mo Wagner was being keyed on in late game situations, it always seemed like Muhammad Ali Abdur Rahman had an answer every time with, with a big triple or a drive to the basket and a yeah. strong finish. He always had an answer for a big run or clutch situations, anything like that. He always had an answer. I, I think Michigan is lacking that guy. Like I saw Isaiah Livers pass up some open threes in late game situations. He had the one step back. That was a huge triple, but he passed up some threes, you know, that were open on the perimeter. I, I can't remember who else kind of shied away from, from taking open shots on the perimeter. There's no guy like Mar last year that really shoots it with confidence outside of Jordan Poole. Yeah. I mean, it should be, it should be, um, Charles Matthews, but, just based on experience and based on at points, what we've seen, I mean, we Matthews as frustrating as he can be. We've seen Charles Matthews have big moments. He was the regional MVP uh, last, uh, last season when they made it to the final four, but, and, and I'm aware the dude is a great defender, but I mean, he was almost unplayable. On Saturday, the guy, I, and this has been happening for two years. What's going on with the guy and 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 the turnovers? I it, it's it's almost it's almost disturbing how much the guy just walks with the basketball. And this this guy, he's, he's in his third year playing college basketball. He doesn't know. Well, he knows, uh, but he, he's having trouble with 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 basic things like dribbling. And he's a good player, but he and he should be that guy who gets him a big bucket. Maybe when somebody's struggling or or when they're they're double teaming pool or whatever. And he hasn't been. He has he's had his moments, but over the last couple of weeks, him and Iggy have looked off. And I would look and Beeline knows more about basketball and this team than I will ever know, but. I would almost consider just trying this out, moving one of those two guys, Brodzdakis or Matthews, probably Brodzdakis because Matthews is such a good defender, moving him to the first guy off the bench and having Livers start a game or two. Yeah, I don't think I could. What I do you don't guys hate think it. About that? I don't think we're qu- there quite yet. I wouldn't wouldn't shock me to see something like happen like that happen. I mean, we saw it. I mean that's that that turned around Dunk, Duncan well, Robinson. We saw, season we saw it last year. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Yeah, Livers started over Duncan last year, right? Like yeah. that was that was kind of the thing, the big thing, right? Yeah, I. Yeah, we'll see. Um, you know, it, it's 
as it pertains to Charles Matthews, the way I see it is at times you've got a special, special player there that when he's able to put it all together, they are very, very tough to beat, but it comes down to this for me. I need to see a little bit more. This is a guy who tested the NBA waters after last season. I, I know he was, you know, kind of put his name out there, made had a decision to make, decided to come back. You know, this is a guy who, if you have pro basketball aspirations, I need to see a little bit more from you. It's not enough to me to just be, you know, an athletic dude that has potential. We see a ton of those guys get drafted every year and, and Michigan doesn't, those aren't the kind of players that Michigan is, has produced in the past. Um, you know, they're a little bit more of a polished, uh, more, maybe they won't be pro superstars, but maybe a little more NBA ready in terms of their skill set. Charles Matthews has all the tools, but just need the consistency there. The, the aware, a little bit more awareness. Uh, you know, I think that at this point in his career, I kind of think he is what it is, but, um, I just need to see a little bit more from him. I'm, I'm not ready to call for lineup changes yet. I mean, they're 17 and one, like they lost one game and, but, but like you said, I, I think that maybe the most, I won't call it the frustrating thing. Maybe a little bit of a concerning thing is that by and large, this is the same team right now that we've seen all year long. The arrow is kind of like neutral right now. I don't, I don't know if their arrow, I don't think their arrow is pointing downward. I don't know if it's pointing you know, it's, it's not pointing upward right now. I think they're just kind of treading water to what we've seen from earlier in the year. Whereas you look, you know, up the road, Michigan state, you know, they're starting to put it together and you're starting to see a guy like Cassius Winston be, you know, the guy there. So, um, as we're recording this, Michigan state is butchering Maryland by 20 and Nick Ward has zero points and four fouls and Josh Langford is out. That's scary. It really yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, it's going to be a big, big week here for Michigan. They got a quick turnaround. They're uh, taking on Minnesota at Chrysler tomorrow, and then they're on the road to Assembly Hall on Friday to take on an Indiana team that's looking for a little revenge, and that's followed up by hosting Ohio State and then to Iowa. So pretty tough, you know, uh, four out of five games. Minnesota remains to be seen. I don't think Michigan really should have a trouble with Minnesota. We'll have to see that once tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, 6.30 at Indiana on Friday. So big week here for Michigan fit basketball. Yeah. I, I think they're going to be just fine. I think they're going to you know, turn it around um, here. Friday night road games the next two weeks. That's weird. Weird. It's yeah. strange. 630 start at Indiana on Friday, seven o'clock start at Iowa on February 1st. I don't, Which, I don't really like and, that. And why, no, why, why go to Indiana the Friday night that there's, and there's no football this weekend because I don't count the Pro Bowl. I don't think that's football. You know, I don't know. I don't like that though. I feel like they'll probably lose one of those games because of that, just because it's weird. Because it's, it, I feel like Indi. I feel like at Indiana should be like a Sunday afternoon game. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. I'm not so like. I think they'll beat Minnesota. Um, some of you may even listen to this pod after that game. Whatever happens, we don't know, obviously, but. Uh, I think they'll beat Minnesota. I think they'll beat Indiana again. Uh, but then I think what the more concerning thing for me would be, you got a Tuesday game next week against Ohio State at home, 9 o'clock at night. And then you've got the Friday, like a Tuesday at 9 p.m. And then you go on the road to play Iowa on Friday. Like that's that's a little bit of a quick turnaround, a quicker 
I don't know. We've seen teams play like Saturday afternoon and then play on Monday. So we've seen like two days rest before, but that's keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on the Iowa game is what I would say. Uh, Iowa ranked number 19 uh, where we stand today, but yeah, weird next. I, I, I didn't even know they played college basketball on Friday. Like what? That's very strange. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely throws me off. It's going to be fun though. So that's uh that's what's all yeah, coming and, up. And, and like, uh, looking, I'm just looking through the rest of the schedule here. Like there's going to be tough stretches that come up for sure, but uh, the regular season doesn't end until March 9th. So there's another month and a half before, we really know what's going on here. So uh, one game, I'm not going to make any sweeping conclusions, but uh, it certainly shows that they are not um, bulletproof by any stretch. You know, and, and really we, we saw that no team is with Duke going down to Syracuse and then Virginia losing to Duke. You know, I, I think the top nine teams in the country are like, I, I think the drop off after number nine is huge. Yeah, I would agree with to that. To be honest with yeah. you. Right, right after Kansas, I think the drop off is too uh, huge because number ten Virginia Tech maybe, and they're getting throttled by UNC right now. Like it's yeah. So that that's what we've got college basketball. I, I think it's a whole lot of fun. Really looking forward to the the rest of the season, and really can't wait for those two games against Michigan State uh, in the last few games there. But uh, so we've we we have a interesting thing that we're doing anthony uh proposed to do this idea maybe like a new theme every week here on on well, Brewcast. Listen, let's just uh, let's just week. call it what it is like we can't there's not enough michigan sports going on slash that people are interested in that we can do a a podcast every week yeah we'd like to do that maybe we'll at some point i could see us maybe dialing back to once every two weeks but like during college basketball season that's just not going to happen uh but at the same time right a lot of times Michigan basketball will do their thing and it's going to be, Oh, well, it'll be the exact same thing we talked about last time. So just a little proposal to uh, loosen things up a bit, get, maybe give you a little more of an insight onto who we are, our, our backgrounds are just, you know, let's have a conversation. Like this is supposed to be fun. Like social media is supposed to be fun. Uh, podcasts are supposed to be fun. It's not all doom and gloom. Sports isn't all doom and gloom. Like let's, 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 uh, you know, Let's, yeah, let's take your shoes it. off. So we're doing our, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we're doing our uh, top five video games from our childhood. And, and we had a little. So Anthony and I, Anthony, I think you and I are, are the same age. Yeah, I was born correct? in 1992. Me too. Me too. So Chris is just a little bit younger than we are. What, so Chris, he was year? like, wait, where does. Okay, I'm 95. Not younger. Okay. So not too bad. Not, not, not too young. But, uh, uh, so the cutoff was a little bit different for us. You know, uh, we, we pretty much said like age 13, 14. I said I was cutting mine off uh, the PS2. That I, I was going to allow PlayStation 2 games and everything from then on. That was yeah, it for me. Because I think if we went past PS2 for me and you, it would just been like, okay, top five, NCAA 14. Uh, number four, number five, NCAA 14. <laughs> number four, NCAA 14. Number three, NCAA 14. Number two, NCAA 14. Number one, Halo. <laughs> which is not on my list by the way nor is it in my honorable mentions no no it's yeah so we're doing some honorable mentions as well so so chris is doing his cutoff at 13 so you might have been like right in the early ps3 range chris with that yeah i i, I am a, i don't but at the same time let me double check my list i don't have and this is just coincidence i don't have any uh xbox 360 uh 
slash PS3 games. Yeah. My apologies on, on my that. Board. I've never I've never owned an Xbox. I've only been PlayStation, so that's where my mind goes. So I apologize yeah, for here, excluding. Here's the thing too. Like, like <laughs> I I had a 360, but at the same like I played a ton of sports games. So like that, there's crossover there. And at the same time, right. So let's just get this out of the way. Honorable mention. If we're gonna go with the childhood range that we're talking in here, I'll just I'll just get the the one and only Xbox one out of the way. It's Halo. And Finito. I can't think of any yeah. other Xbox specific games that people would, you know, that I would that I even played, uh, you know, going to friends' houses and things like that. What's Gears of War? I Xbox, believe it was. Gears uh, of War was pretty big when I was in high school. Yeah, I think that was a three sixty game and, and PS3. For sure. Well, so so well, we'll do it. We're we'll get we're gonna get the first of all. This is how we're gonna do it. Here's the format. We're gonna get our honorable mentions down the way. Like I'm gonna start with Anthony, then I'm gonna go to Chris, then I'll do mine, and we're just gonna get our honorable mentions completely out of the way. And then we're each gonna count down our number five, each count down our number four, each count down our number three, each count down our number two, and each count down. Our I number dig one. that. Sound good? So who starts? We'll go with the young guy. Or you want me you, to start, Anthony? Okay. I, I was going to go with you, but we can go with Chris too. I, I'm cool with yeah, whatever. I have the shortest honorable mentions list just because okay. I, uh, it's basically just almost every, uh, basketball football game that came out around that era. You know, I, I didn't like, I, I could have filled this list entirely with just those like Anthony was talking about, but I, I I'm not going to do that. So th- that's pretty much all my honorable mentions. It, it, if, if there's one specifically I'll point to just cause I remember it, uh, from a very young age, playing it a lot with my brother, NBA live 2003 edition, I believe with Jason Kidd on the cover mm, played okay, that game yep. a lot, uh, for the GameCube, actually. So I, I would, I would throw that out there as my honorable mentions. I do have a sports game on here, but it's not, uh, it's a bit different than your typical, your Madden's, your two K's, your NCAA footballs. So, uh yeah, the, those okay. are my honorable mentions. Anthony, I'll, I'll go with you for okay, your well, honorable mentions. I have mentions. five of them here. I'll just I'll list them through. But I actually thought of a sixth when you're talking sports games. Um, I forget. In fact, let me go through. Hold on, this is bad radio right here. Uh, googling something real quick. Come on. Okay, so. And look yeah. at this picture. So, okay. Okay. I found it. Um, triple play baseball, 2001. Um, first honorable mention. I Ooh, just, yep, oh, yep. That was a PlayStation yes. one game. Uh, for the me. only Big thing, man. I mean, it was a good game. Probably the first baseball game I ever played. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to explain all of my honorable mentions. I'll just say for this one, you could play the home run derby mode. There was a level where you play like you're a miniature player, but you're playing like in a living room. So like the right foul pole, the right field foul pole was like a bird cage, and if you smacked it off the bird cage, like the bird would squawk, and you know if you hit a home run into the fireplace, the fireplace <laughs> would turn That's on. Dope. It was uh, two thousand one, so I would have been eight slash nine years old. Uh, that just blew my mind. But okay, honorable mentions here, um, in no particular order: Spiral the Dragon. Uh, PlayStation one classic, nothing really to be said there. Uh, legend of Zelda links awakening for the game boy color. Uh, a little controversial here, uh, in the whole Mario Kart crash team racing debate. I'm going with crash team racing. I 
first of all, I was never really a Nintendo guy. I always had the PlayStation, so a little bit biased there, but I just thought that was a better game. Uh, the Toy Story 2, the game that came out with that movie, is amazing and very like replayable. You play the whole game as like Buzz Lightyear. It's awesome. Uh, and then uh, my last honorable mention is the original Star Wars Battlefront. Which came out in, I think, 2005. Okay. So okay. it's like right at that cutoff point for me, age 13. So when Anthony uh, texted us about doing this, it was like, I, I was like, how do I, you know, how can I choose a top five for my childhood? It's like choosing your kids. And like Anthony pointed out, it's like excluding some of my kids. So here's my honorable mention. I actually have six of them. Uh, my honorable mention would be uh, uh, Tony Hawk Underground for the PS2. Guitar Hero 2, NBA Street Volume 2, GTA San Andreas, Mad 95 for the Super Nintendo, and Pokemon Blue for the uh, the Game Boy Color. List. Covered a so lot that's, there. That's my honorable mention. That's that. Yeah. That's, those so are that's, 10 that's video games legend, plus I, every just, single sports game ever made by Chris. We've covered a lot right. already. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're, we'll start with number five. We'll, we'll go back to Chris. What, what is your number five? What, what cracked the list for you, Chris? Okay, there were several movie tie-in games I could have Movie tie-ins with, were huge in the But 2000s. the one I'm going with... Exactly. So, But the one I'm going to go with is the original uh, Sam Raimi 2002 Spider-Man game. Now, I know... To most, to pr- well, not most, pretty much everyone says uh, Spider-Man 2 is not just one of the best games ever uh, based on a movie, but just one of the best games out there. Never played it. I don't know why, uh, but I, you know, I have a nostalgic soft spot for, uh, I have a soft spot just for that film series in general, but yeah, that game stands out. So I got the original 2002 for uh, GameCube, Sam Raimi, uh, Spider-Man one, movie, okay, uh, like video you, game. I, I don't know if you still have any of like a PlayStation 2 or those old consoles at all, but like get Spider-Man 2. Because that's like, I could still play that today. It was, it was like the first open world superhero game I can remember. And you could do all the side missions where like some little girl would like lose her balloon and you have to like find it and web it up and give it to the little girl. Like I always thought that was kind of cool. But yeah, that's... I had that game, the game you mentioned uh, for the PC. So I, I played that here and there when, when our computers would actually work. So good pick. I like that pick. All right. Yeah, I, that's the first I've actually ever heard of it. I, I never owned a game well, that was, or anything that was like for, that. But, uh, uh, so I'm going to PlayStation go to... 2. I, I think it was for all of them. It was one of those games. Was for oh, okay. So gotcha. Gotcha. Oh uh, yeah, man. Maybe I should go uh, take a look, look into it. Maybe, maybe go back. Uh, I'll number go to five, you, Anthony. Okay, so I said I, w- I was never really a Nintendo kid, but like I had friends that had the Nintendo sixty four. I had a cousin who had the Nintendo sixty four, and everyone would always say, "Oh, it's GoldenEye or Super Smash Brothers, whatever." When I think N sixty four, the first game I think of is Super Mario sixty four, or how the game starts. It's Mario, big, bright, colorful game, three D. So I think the first time I ever saw a 3D game uh, and just running up to this giant castle, you're running around this giant castle, you go, you go see Bowser, all, all this kind of stuff. Like I think N64 Super Mario 64 is, uh, is 
instantly what I think of. And like I said, I never really had one until I think we got one at like a garage sale, like when I was a teenager and I got into the, I got into N64 a little bit more then. So like, it's a little bit cheating because it wasn't technically my childhood, uh, but I, I had seen it before I owned it and, and played it and things like that. So Super Mario 64 is my number five. That is that it, legendary game. And I never owned an N64 myself, but my neighbor had one. And I spent a lot of time over there. Oh, Super Mario 64, just legendary game. So much fun. You could probably still, still play that and have a ton of fun. Yeah, fair enough. All right, so my number five, this is going to back to uh, the PlayStation 1, the original PlayStation here. Uh, I'm going with Crash Bandicoot 2. You know, I, Crash Bandicoot, the original, good game. Crash Bandicoot 3 Warped, eh, meh, maybe. Crash Bandicoot, uh, Bandicoot 2, fantastic, man. I loved Crash Bandicoot, and I especially Crash Bandicoot 2. I spent so much time playing this game. That's that's definitely got to be num- my I number five. It. I owned it. I don't know if you guys were Crash fans yeah, or Crash not. Crash was awesome. But, uh, he may he may be appearing on my list at some point. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So you just want we, we go in reverse snake here sort of thing? I'm going to give you my number yeah, four, and then that. we'll go Anthony and then Chris. All right. So my number four, throwing it back to the uh, the Super Nintendo here, because that, that was my original childhood you know born in 92 i missed the regular nintendo kind of like we had one but i didn't play it a lot super nintendo right in my wheelhouse this one kind of flew under the radar uh the mighty Morphin power rangers game so this was the one for the super nintendo not they made a bunch of power rangers games for the super nintendo but this one was like the movie where you had tommy jason and everyone and ivan ooze was like the the big boss at the end of the game this was like i i played this recently because my buddy still has like the original super nintendo and has this game Oh, still holds up to this day. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, man. I don't that's, know why I didn't think four. to Love include any Nintendo or Super Nintendo because those were technically the first games that, like my, I think my dad had owned or whatever. I actually have the, um, the classic editions that Nintendo just came out with, like in the last few years. So I've got all that stuff here. Not the Power Rangers, but like you know your Super Mario, your Mike Tyson's Punch Out, which if I had thought about it, that would definitely have been at least in my honorable mentions. Great, great pick. Uh, I never played the Power Rangers game, but I'm here for any of the uh, for any of that. All right, my number, number four uh, number is four a PlayStation you, Two game, and it's kind of a um, kind of builds on the type of game that Spiral the Dragon was. It's from the same developer, Insomniac, who you know, fast forward to today, just made an amazing Spider-Man game. Talking about Spider-Man, like that that game is incredible. I haven't quite finished it yet. Still kind of working on it. Uh, I'm going with yeah. 2002's Ratchet and Clank. Uh, just an awesome, just an awesome game. It's it's cartoonish space adventure fun. You 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 acquire all these weapons. You got um, just remember there was a, a gun or some sort of blaster where you suck your opponent into it and then you use them as a projectile against someone else like. I go those they're just so good and i actually think the sequels were a little bit better uh, the first two like that that original trilogy of those games is amazing uh but that first one uh just story-wise and uh all that big big fan and i hate that they massacred its legacy with oh, the movie great great pick great pick that's a, just a great pick chris to you man 
Okay, my number four, I have, uh, I'm cheating a little bit. I have a tie here, but they're very similar games. These are the sports games uh, I mentioned earlier. And I'm basing this list a lot more on uh, nostalgia and how much I played them and not necessarily the quality of the game. Because if I, if I was doing that ranking, I would probably put one of these at number one. And that's a tie between both NBA and NFL Street with an emphasis on NFL Street, which I believe is like one of the most replayable games ever. My buddy brought it to college. We played it nonstop. Um, I wish video games didn't take themselves so seriously nowadays and they would, could make another game like that. Um, because it, it both, both of them and NBA, they would get sued for like, uh, for like mocking. Like, I was just, about, yeah, that's the, CT that's the other thing that. too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even though the game is completely cartoonish and exists in a cartoonish world, but yeah, no, I get what you're saying. And, but still, um, I'm glad it exists. I remember, and I could be wrong, I remember being a little bit underwhelmed by NFL Street 2. Maybe I'm wrong there, but uh, the originals, both NBA Street and NFL Street, awesome. Great soundtracks as well. So, yeah, those are my number four. I like it. So right back to you with your number three. Oh, yeah, back to me. Uh, as mentioned earlier, uh, I have Crash Bandicoot, but I have the original. Uh, me, my brother and I played it on PlayStation all the time. Uh, loads of fun, tons of imagination. I remember in that game and just uh, a really fun character to play as it's been, I mean, holy hell. I mean, it's been close to two decades now since I've played it, but yet the memories of it still uh, are still kind of in my mind. So it's an all time classic and it's my number three. Oh, legendary series, man. I, oh, so much fun. So many good memories. Mm-hmm. All right, Anthony, what about you with number three? All right, well, Luke, you actually had kind of teased this franchise uh, in your honorable mentions, uh, but I'm going OG with it. The original Tony Hawk Pro Skater was is my number three. Uh, just being able to skate in the, like the warehouse, there was the shopping mall, the... Uh, God, what else was was there a school oh, yeah. level in that? Oh I yeah, think there was. Um, and the the soundtrack was great too. You had the you had that Superman song. There was uh, Primus and, and Jerry was a race car driver. I think you had the police truck was on there. Like just an awesome soundtrack. Awesome. I was never big into like you know skater bro culture or anything like that, but like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater was was a terrific terrific amazing game that uh in my opinion still holds up fairly well uh skating isn't as big as it was in like the late night obviously not like the late 90s early 2000s for like the skateboard scene where i just remember i think i got like sports illustrated for kids like as a as a subscription through school one time or whatever and i just remember like felt like half the magazine was like X games and skateboarding and the BMX biking and all that. So fond memories of Tony Hawk's pro skater uh, on the PlayStation one for this guy. I love it. Love the pick, you know, and I mentioned Tony Hawk's underground because I was just kind of, I like the story mode that went along to it, but any of the Tony Hawk's man in that heyday was fantastic. All right. So my number three, uh, so I was predominantly uh, uh, a sports game guy. 
man, like that's that's pretty close to all I played, you know, with some crash sprinkled in there and different ones, which, which you've heard here. But mostly I was a sports guy. One sticks out to me, though, above all. And the reason my number three is Madden 2004 with Mike Vick on the cover. Oh, you is, damn is you. I've, well, my thing about it is I, I've been trying to recreate what I did in that game in every Madden since, and I just can't. So I, I started a franchise in that um, in Madden 2004 with the Patriots, and I traded Tom Brady for Michael Vick. And I did, I, I, I did like a 25 year franchise. I've never been able to do it again. I've never been as interested as I was in my franchise. Then like I moved the team to Anaheim, gave them like, you know, uniforms and everything like that after like year 15 or something like that. I, I drafted a quarterback to replace Michael Vick and took him through his career. Like I've never been able to, to recreate and the fun I had trying to figure out how to like keep guys, but stay under the salary cap. I had to like cut Teddy Bruschi one year and I was devastated. Like I've never been able to, to recreate that. And that's why Madden 2004 and all the mini games, like the training camp, mini games, Oh, me and my friends spent so many countless nights staying up, playing those, trying to get gold in all those. So Madden 2004, my number three. I'm so like, I'm not upset at you because that's a great pick. So much so that, like, I got to swap out one of my picks now. Like, full disclosure, I, I kind of teased it with like, being a sports game guy. Like, that was my number one. Man, 2004 was my number one. Fair. So, totally uh, fair. Kind of kind of let the – I mean, not let the wind out of the sails. I think, I think you put it more eloquently than than my stupid ass could have. Like on a Monday night here. As we almost almost could have did it like PMT where we went in like a draft order, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was, I feel like I just got, like, draft, like, <laughs> I just stole a draft pick. But, like, that's, it's just a different spot on the list. Uh, that's my, like, not to go too much into it. I guess it kind of, I guess that'll move to the spot that I talk about here. But, um, yeah, that's that's a great pick. I mean, the, the my, when I think Madden, I think 2004, Michael Vick on the cover. Like, that, had, that was really, unless you played Create, like created a player and just put his everything to 99 and, and just ran like ran train on everyone. Michael Vick in that game was like the closest thing you could get to like organically playing a like murder bot. Right. Football <laughs> player. Like that's, and, that's you, and you know, what's, player. you know what else is something about that? And I think Chris put it perfectly is that like video games now take themselves too seriously? Like go back and play Madden 2004. It, it was it wasn't quite cartoonish. It was as good as a simulation could get at that time, but it was so much fun to play. Whereas like Madden now, it's it, it's literally like managing an actual you know game like like the speed stats. Oh, you, you know you how set, many covers you, you get. Ticket prices. Right. You it, and you uh, couldn't you couldn't you know, in that one too. But this one, it's just the gameplay when you play it. Like you only get so much turbo and the acceleration, and they're only moving as fast as they actually would in real life. Whereas like Michael Vick could run like twenty yards backwards and fire a seventy yard bomb, no problem. <laughs> you know, like it was fun. There's just something fun yeah. about it. And let me say this too, like not to go off on too much of a tangent here, because uh, we've been here for a while. But um, personally, great game. My number one, just because of the legacy of it, the, the memories of like playing seventy to sixty four like shootouts with my friends and whoever was the team that got because you know you you whoever's house you were playing at, you know they, they get first pick, and if they pick Michael, you know the Falcons and Michael Vick, you're like. 
damn it, like I'm going to lose. And just all those memories, like that's what puts it at number one, which kind of skews it towards nostalgia. But let me say this. I feel like this is all nostalgia, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. But um, if we're talking the best like football video games I've ever played, there was a two-year run, maybe, maybe it was two or three years, where ESPN yeah. was making the football. Ooh. They made football oh, yeah. and basketball. And those games, the selling point of those games was that instead of being 40 or $50, they were $19.99. Those were superior games. For mm-hmm. in-game experience, superior games. No question. Uh, I think the uh, – I had the NBA – I think it was NBA 2K5 when Ben Wallace was on the cover. Best basketball game I've ever played. Nothing else has come close. So uh, I guess that's an honorable mention for them. So well, alrighty, I've kind of used up. I've kind of used up like that was your number two. That right? was my number three. So, uh, oh, your number. Three. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Should I? And you already did. So you, you got your number three and your number one and you only have your number two left to go. So I'll go with my number two here. Uh, yeah. So my number two back to the Super Nintendo and this is funny because I actually just bought a uh, Super Nintendo Classic, you know, the mini version that comes preloaded with like 21 games. And I've been playing oh, yeah. I- I've been playing this game and it it still holds up to this day. It was one of my favorite games growing up. My second favorite game of all time. Super Mario World. Uh, absolutely. You know, w- w- the Super Mario World that's that's on the Super Nintendo where, y- you know, y- you have the map in the y- you know what game I'm talking about. It's hard to explain what super mario is about super mario world is is definitely my number two yeah i dig it i'll go to so anthony uh, give us your last one number two we know madden 2004 is your number one well okay how about we do this so it will go what chris will give his number two and then his number one I'll just i'll i'll go to i'll go to chris yeah. so that we can just kind of finish out with our because my number two's my number two could have easily been my number one, so I'll just call it my number one. All right, we'll, we'll go to Chris, and you give us your number two, Chris, and then followed by your number one. Uh, my number two is a, a lesser-known game, but a game I played for hours. Even, I mean, starting as a kid, but even, like, as I got older, almost into my teen years, I played it a ton. Star Wars Episode One Pod Racer was an addictive, addictive game for me. Um, and, look, the prequels stink, but... One thing that they did uh, very effectively, and I am very much a uh, uh, kind of a symbol of uh, or symbol behind that, uh, they appealed to kids. And I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I got to play as little Anakin, riding his pod racer around. It, but overall, it was a cool game. I mean, it was simple, simple racing game, uh, but fun. Really good graphic. Did you did you ever play the actual like story title? Like the movie, the movie game. Yes, yeah, I did, but I think I, I, only, I spent a lot of time playing that one. Yeah, too. I I remember I I only played that in limited time. I think that was a rental from Blockbuster where I think I got the uh, Star Wars Pod Racer as a gift uh, for either my birthday or Christmas. So, um, yeah, that's my number two. All right, your number one. Oh, uh, and my number one, I uh, on Nintendo sixty four, the original. Super Smash Brothers. Um, I, I'm gonna sound Ooh, like an old. Ma- yes. I'm gonna sound like an old man here, but I know a lot of people love the new Super Smash Brothers, and I'm sure they're fun for some people. But to me, especially when you have more than two characters playing, there's just too much going on for <laughs> for me. And uh, but those originals, man, are very simple, just fun melee games. Um, 
really creative with all the different characters they included. I mean, it, it really was uh, kind of the, the almost the video game equivalent of the uh, Marvel Universe. So, you know, you combine all these different characters from uh, from Nintendo and all these great video games and, and you... Uh, you put them all together and they fight and it's uh, it's still a great game and it still looks really good. Um, one of my favorites of all time. Nostalgic as all hell. It's my number one. I love it. I love it. I'm a little Anthony. late to the part. I'm a little late to the party here because I was downloading it, but uh, I just got to throw this in there for your number two. Now this is you got it. <laughs> I like it. Oh, man. Um so my number one, uh, I said it was Madden 2004, but you could easily interchange it with this. Like it's, it's got to be the OG, uh, the the game that to me is the most replayable game of all time. And it's they're actually three games, but they're basically one. You know where I'm going with this? It's Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. Like those are, I think I may have played that game all the way through. Like. 20 times like because what did you back then what did you do like you had to wait a few years for for gold and silver and all that you started the game over you, you chose a different pokemon you, you you uh you know trained all these different you know you would acquire the different uh the types you you'd get your badges and, and you do your thing uh i still I haven't really dipped into it in the last few years, but there was the Pokemon Go craze a few years ago where everyone kind of got back into all that stuff again. And it's still huge. Like, it's remained huge, but there's like 750 Pokemon now. I think I'm an OG guy. I like my my 150. I like, I like, I love the cartoon, the original cartoon. I know there's offshoots. That franchise has not died by any stretch, but, uh, you know, great, great games, very replayable games. Um, Got, I could still I could sit down and play right now like where that's I, I can't I don't know if I could say that about any other game I even feel like this is maybe what at the end of the day gives it the edge over a game like Madden 2004 is that if I was to put that in right now I'd feel like I was playing like on an Etch-a-Sketch whereas like Pokemon just dropped me in for that sweet right. sweet you know collecting Pokemon escapism and that's uh, that's kind of how I chose my number one. I, this is my most replayable game of all time. Came out on the PlayStation Two, but I loved it so much that I I bought the uh, I bought the HD remaster that came out for the PS3. But it was originally a PS2 game. Fell in love with it. I'm actually currently in the process of beating it for like the fourth or fifth time. Um, my number one game of all time, still my favorite game of all time, even if you included all the games, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2, Skyrim, anything like that. This is still my number one game because I love this story. Final Fantasy X, my number one, currently playing it right now, and, and absolutely the number one game of my childhood and even to this day. So I don't hate that pick. I, I can say, though, honestly, I've never played a single Final, Final Fantasy game. I just remember when they were on the PlayStation that – the game was so large that there would be like four or five discs that you'd have to use to play through it. I think, um, am I talking out of my ass here? Or is that how it was? I, th- I think in the original PlayStation one, there was, but like final fantasy 10 was just a, uh, its own disc, single disc. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Wow. He's, I've, I've played most of these games. That's, I never got into that franchise, but there's a reason that it's regarded, you know, as highly as it is. So, um, 
I feel Man, like you almost guys, every you game brought on this me back. Every, like, I feel like you, you, I've dabbled in just about every game on this list. Um, it just all the memories are coming back now. If I'm for you know another honorable mention for me, the Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone game for the PlayStation. Oh, that was fun. That was a great one. Horrific game. Um, That's it. We're making the pivot to Twitch. <laughs> off, off amazing, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, there are times where, and this is not to bag on my knowledge of the team I cover, but there are times where my knowledge here far outweighs the my knowledge of what's in my profession, which I don't know what that says about me, but it's kind of where we're at with all this. I'd be interested in doing this again, but doing like going into like high school slash college because that's where things get like yeah things things pivot and take a real weird turn. From oh yeah. There. Uh, that would be that would be exciting because now we're be... talking now we're talking online gaming. Oh yeah, so that would be oh man, man oof. Let's I'm, we'll, I'm we'll like do it fire. sometime. But I think I, I feel like we've ran out of time in this episode. Yeah, I kind of want to fire up my PlayStation right now. So let's get this over with, please. Well, it's it's been fun, Chris. Let them know where they can find you on social media and gripe about your uh, your picks in the video games. Yeah, of course. You can find me on Twitter. That's at Castellani2014. That's at C A S T E L L A N I two O one four. If you want to see me on Inst- if you want to see me on Instagram as well, that's Chris Castle ninety five. That's C H R I S C A S T L E. Nine five. Also on my Twitter page, you'll see the link to my YouTube channel, the Castellani Losers Club. I uh, hope to see you on my feed. Give me a follow. Thanks a lot, Anthony. Where can we where can we find you, my friend? Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Anthony T Broom. Follow the website on Twitter at Maze and Brew. Follow the show Twitter account at Brewcast Show. Uh, follow the podcast on iTunes, Google Play Store, uh, Spotify, under Maze and Brew Podcast, all that stuff. Um, who knows what the next week of, of content will bring to us, but certainly would uh, be interested in doing more lists or how you even, you know, we did a snake, we did snake style. We could do a draft of some sort too. So maybe some more, we'll do some, maybe a Michigan related list next time around. But yeah, I love mm-hmm. stuff like this. So it's not, uh, people will think it's like a podcast cliche, but like, I'm just interested in hearing like other people's rankings and, and things like that. So that's why, I mean, that's why I'm a sucker for things like mock drafts. Like nothing matters. I just want to know what other people are saying. Right. Totally agree. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L U K E G H I A R D I. As Anthony said, don't forget to follow the show page at Brewcast Show. And we will be back with more. So, uh, Chris, for Chris Castellani, for Anthony Broom, I am Luke Giardi. This was a great episode of Brewcast. Hope to see you next week here on the show. Yeah.